4: XM channel 159. Sports Grid Radio Networks. 8277 final score. The Lobos backdoored this thing. It was fine. I had Boise's to money line in a parlay. And then back the in-game over. 148 and sales over. 8277 final score. Boise uh, beats Sheriff Lobo and the New Mexico. So we'll bring Bannel back in a moment uh, here. I just wanted to get to this um, last thing about the Live Tour. My old deal with the Live Tour, too. I you've never heard me go on some sanctimonious rant and stuff like that about I have no moral ethical I'm 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 adult and um aware of world issues enough to know that whatever. You want to start talking about like, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. And I don't want to end up like, you know, I'm not like a uh, sympathizer for the live tour, but it is comical that people attack the live tourists like, ah, oh, there's blood on their hands, but say nothing about like them owning all the teams in the EPL and every soccer league, you know, owning half of F1 and basically everything else in between. Right? Somehow the golf is like the most, somehow they got singled out. Doesn't mean that they're not, you know what I mean? Doesn't mean that they're golfers or whatever, like it is what it is. My whole deal with it is just a waste of time, right? They don't, they're not, what are they playing for? Who cares? I don't care about a bunch of dudes putting, you know what I mean? I don't care about these guys. I care about the legacy. Hey, won the British Open. The British Open, I care about. The Masters, I care about, right? I don't care, like, about a bunch of dudes playing for a bunch of money for, like, no prestige. I don't care. I could go to a local country club and watch a bunch of dudes, right? Like, I, I don't care, right? And, like like, so Dustin Johnson says, you know, remember before they said they were doing it to grow the game and stuff? And then, no, they're not right. Dustin Johnson at least admitted it the other day when he said he said, if anybody offered you a lot more money to work less, wouldn't you do it? And he answered his, you know what I mean it was right there. It's work to him. Imagine you're married to the you know the Gretzky chick, um, you know you already made like 200 million dollars in your life or whatever. you're living in you know your mansions in Beverly Hills and South Carolina and all this, but it's not enough. No, not enough, right? I'll go play on a meaningless tour after just to make a little bit more. It's basically like Mr. Burns. There's an episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns says, he says, yeah, I have all the wealth and money and fortune in the world. He goes, but you know what? I'd trade it all for a little bit more. And That's sort of what these guys are. So, like I said, I don't I don't care about Saudi Arabia and I have no ethical whatever. I don't give a crap. It's like people that bitch about like Nikes while they're walking around wearing Adidas or bitching about Adidas when they're walking around wearing pumas, whatever. <laughs> I hate to tell you, Mother Teresa didn't make either of the shoes, all right, kid. So, right? Vegetarians that complain, but they're wearing a leather jacket. <laughs> you know. You know people that tell you about the environment that fly around in private planes, etc. I can go on and on. Like, I just, I don't, you know, I've given up on hypocrisy in the world. So there's nothing moral about it. I just think the to live tour is a waste of stupid time. But where I want to get to with this is the PGA Tour is suing them. And a judge in the district of Northern District of California says that they're allowed to sue the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, which is big. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moran. here. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the them, and everybody else in between, all right? We talk golf in the first hour of the program. The Honda Classic, the unofficial fifth major. Just kidding. It's a bad field, but there's opportunities to make money. But we're switching gears, all right? We're going to talk um we're going to talk XFL football. We got Ian Cameron going to rejoin us uh, on the other side here. But Banner will kick with us. We'll get into week two of the XFL. We'll take a look at the overnight NHL card. The NBA is back as well. College basketball, North Carolina gets it done uh, this evening. But Notre Dame covered the number. You know, North Carolina were in one of these situations where if they won the basketball game tonight, nobody cared, right? It was like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? He beat Notre Dame. And if they lost, it's like, all right, you're done. You're not making the tournament. <laughs> and it's pretty much up next now. And Virginia coming off a loss now to Boston College won't be in the best mood when they play against the North Carolina Tar Heels. So John Gassaway from ESPN.com will join us. We'll talk golf basketball uh, with John. Ian Cameron, Ak Babano, will rejoin us. So we'll get into the XFL, NHL, NBA, and more as, of course, the NBA is back. We've been talking a lot of futures uh, as of late. We've been getting into the NCAA Futures World Baseball Classic is also right around the corner uh, right now. We're going to get into that. We'll get you caught up to date with the uh, the latest news as far as the tournament uh, is concerned and as far as the National Football League is concerned. There's going to be a lot of cuts and a lot of, a lot of stuff is going to start to go down over the next uh, couple of days, and I wanted to get into the Lamar Jackson situation with the Baltimore Ravens, as I don't understand how it is and why it is that every other stiff quarterback in the National Football League gets paid. Now, listen, it is what it is, right? Is the system correct? No, it it isn't, because basically, if you're able to chew gum and walk and tie your shoelaces and you're a quarterback and your contract is up you're going to get paid whatever everybody else got paid it's just the way that it works but daniel jones is going to get 45 mil you can't give lamar 50 are you kidding me this is sports rage
1: Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
4: The late night anchor bands request class level two. This is sports rage. we'll get back to... Potential landing spot for Patrick Kane, a red hot Patrick Kane. The Blackhawks keep busting people's parlays up, but let's get into the XFL. Week two um, is here. We have Thursday night football, nine o'clock Eastern. Seattle Sea Dragons and the St. Louis Battlehawks. Ian Cameron uh, with a sober banner will throw it to you uh, first. Um, St. Louis Battlehawks, Seattle Sea Dragons. The Sea Dragons are currently three and a half point favorites uh, right now. There's been a late push. On uh, Seattle, the total is 36.5 right now with FanDuel. What are your thoughts on the first game up Thursday Night Football XFL Week 2?
6: Yeah, I'm just first on the league because we didn't talk on Sunday. Just quickly, I like the presentation. I like the product. I like the pace of play. I like the fact that the replays right away when they had to review something, you got the decision quickly, efficiently. There were a lot to like, I mean, with the presentation. They did enough unique elements and the difference in some of the rules. And, of course, the you know, the two. The reviews the were very single good. Single point, two point, three
4: point. Yeah. The reviews yeah, very, were very, very good. very concise, quick. Yeah. You know what I yeah, like they about were. the reviews? They the reviews are good, but what they do, it's Dean Blandino, right? So what the, what's good about the reviews... You actually see them looking at it, making the decision, communicating it, yep. Yeah, well, you hear, them, you hear them making the decision, so you don't have to wait, right? That's the whole thing in the National Football League, and there's like this, this veil of secrecy in which, what are they really saying to each other here? Of which, you know, this is it, and... You saw. I will say one thing, and I was lucky. I was happy because most of the calls went my way, actually. But I did notice Blandino went along a lot with the with the ref. Like he was sort of like, "Yeah, good call. Right, yeah boom, boom. Let's move on." But it was fast. It was done well. And when you actually hear, it brings an air of trust, at least, because there's not like yeah. some secret thing going on under a hood and a secret, and then oh yeah and and point blank i asked the you know we had the guy on it was the former he used to he was the head teacher at the nfl uh refing academy and i asked him i said what happens if you go under the hood and there's a review because the thing is babano but for people tuning in and don't know just you know when you see the referee go under the hood he's not making the decision in the nfl He's looking at it. He's telling them what he saw and stuff. They're they're in New York. His bosses are telling him, no, this is the call. So I asked, what happens if you're a ref, Babano? And you're like, no, he's not out of bounds. He's in bounds. And they tell you he's out of bounds. And you're like, listen, I freaking was standing right here, okay? And I'm telling you what I saw. And they tell you no. I said, "What happens?" I said, "Can you override them?" And if you're the ref, if go on and just say, "Listen, it's 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 a touchdown." Even though they're telling me it's not a touchdown, I think it's a touchdown." And he said, uh, he said, "Yeah, you could do that, but not if you want to keep your job." <laughs> so he he was very honest about it. Like, he he said, "Yeah, you could do that, but you won't get a lot of assignments." And he started laughing after that. Like, in other words, no, you can't do that. So and you never know Babano in the NFL, right? It's like I don't know, like some they get it wrong sometimes. It's like it's like explain to us why that's not a catch. Besides, no, yeah. it's not a catch, and that's it. At least in the XFL, you hear Blandino and you hear him say, Foot down, yeah, no, 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 he's got the ball still. They talk times. about why it's a catch or why it isn't, yeah. or why it breaks the goal
6: line or why it doesn't. Exactly. Yeah.
4: Then yeah, it's much more. You know, it, it is. It brings an aura of trust. The NFL will never do that. I promise you. Like <laughs> they will never do that. They're not going to do it. And the XFL did this before, so it's not new. They they've always done this. They've always had the uh, the USFL does it as well. Um, it's just the NFL is just you know what I mean. They they they're too big. They're not going to share. They're they're not opening. They're not taking you behind the curtain. But okay, so- I agree with you, though, Babano. I thought, and I know you watched all the you watch all these leagues, but this was the best week one as far as quality of play is concerned out of the XFL, XFL 2.0, USFL 2.0, and Alliance 1, right? Because the other leagues existed before. Right. So I'm talking about the last three leagues, the last time the XFL played, the last time the you know, last year's USFL. Um, the Alliance League from three years ago. This was the best Week One that we've seen. I thought the quality was good. If you'll notice, there's some, you know, what I mean, but man, there's a lot of good coaches in the league, right? Like Bob Stoops, not like Bob Stoops knows how to coach a football team. He knows how to run a practice. He knows how to run a camp. Uh, Wade Phillips, yep. you know what I mean? He's, not, you know, he's, he's no dummy. Jim Haslett, Jim
6: Jones in Seattle, no, no dummy. But yep. the Roughnecks. Yeah, they, that team looked. Houston really looked, really looked sharp. They looked dialed yeah, yeah, in yeah, on both sides of the ball.
4: Let's not overreact though, because Orlando are a little shaky. Yeah. So, dude, now Houston are four we'll and a half them. point yeah. favorites <laughs> over the Arlington team that everybody said was the best team in the league coming in, right? Yeah. Like so, that that's a tricky one there. But all right, what about the first game up here at the Battle Hawks and the Sea Dragons? Okay,
6: so this one I agree with the move on Seattle. Uh, that was about as fra- I'm going to say it. It was a fraudulent win for the St. Louis Battlehawks. They were horrible for three and a half quarters against San Antonio last week and stolen at the end. And look, you're going to see games like this in the XFL with being able to score a touchdown, being able to go for that fourth and fifteen. You know, instead of an onside kick, they went for the fourth and fifteen conversion attempt. After they got it to a one-score game, they converted it, they got the ball back again, and then they scored a touchdown on the game-winning drive, and they somehow, 15 straight points, and they erase an 18, or a 15-3 deficit and win 18-15. You know, it was a stunning comeback for St. Louis for a team that looked horrible for three and a half quarters. I think Seattle looked better. I think Seattle probably should have won against D.C. last week. They outgamed D.C. heavily. It was Ben DiNucci mistakes that did them in.
4: They fumbled on the goal line. They were about to win, exactly. They were about to win. I don't know what it it is with Seattle teams fumbling or turning the ball over on the one-yard line on game-winning drives. (laughs) But it was the same bad thing. No, but it was was crazy. Like, they were losing 22-18, the entire fourth quarter type thing. And... They kept getting the ball back, but a bad field position. They finally got the they ball back. They turned it back. over four times, and they still almost won. Yeah, that that's the thing. That's going to happen in your first game. It is what it is. It, the last yeah. one really wasn't Danucci's fault, if you watch it. Like, the pocket got blown up. They pushed everybody into him. It is what it is. But I do agree. He had a rough that, second
6: half, but he had a great first half.
4: Yeah, but the thing is, but he threw the ball 54 times. Yeah. If you throw the ball 54 times, dude, like you're going to turn it over like two or three or four times. Yeah. like It's pretty. I, I would say yeah, like wants them. a little
6: more balance in that offense. Uh, even, I don't as, as, know. It is a run and it's shoot, not coming. But it is a run and shoot. Yeah. Yeah. It's because not coming. He, he does want to throw more than run.
4: Yep, yep. But no, no they them for decades. They're throwing the ball. Like they didn't sign Josh yeah. Gordon not to throw the ball. Like they're going to. Like I said, That's guys, true. they threw yeah. the freaking ball 54 times. And we should note. The D.C. defenders ran that the Pearson ball That Pearson kid
6: on Seattle is a great receiver, too. He was excellent. Uh, they have some talent. They have some receiver talent, Seattle. The well, all the teams have they talent. Can, like,
4: all the teams yeah. have, like, have big-time talent. They
6: really have some great receivers. And the, the bottom line in this game is I think Seattle, after a tough loss, going back home, I don't know if it's going to be the Seahawks type of home crowd advantage because it may, it may not be. But, you know, I think they'll get a little – like D.C. actually had a pretty good home crowd uh, for their game, I think Seattle will, will hear Lewis's travel in the Pacific Northwest. That was just a win that they Brooks didn't draw that
4: great. Coughed it out. You know what it was with Washington? They're just loud. We'll give them credit, yeah. they're loud. There was only 13,000 yeah. people, but they were loud as hell. Yeah, sounded like 43,000 at times. Yeah, they were. They, they were really they loud. They drink a lot there. <laughs> this is Sports Rage. Bring it.
1: <laughs> That's definitely not a problem, uh, Reese. You did it. You stumped this charming devil. A
4: little bit of a run here, but we got in on Japan. We took Japan, minus four and a half, and we also played the money line. So I I played two plays. I was like, you know what? They'll probably cover it, but let's just play it safe as well. I'll split it in two. And I put a nice play on it, actually. Some FIBA World Cup qualification. International basketball. The World Cup is uh, coming up of uh, basketball. So Japan and Iran uh, right now. Japan is currently leading 27-19. Iran is on the free throw line. Total's 149 and a half. We've got ourselves quite a track meet actually going on here. We'll, we'll get back to the XFL here. We'll keep our eye on this. My, my apologies. Like I said, the, the spread was four and a half when the game started. And I laid, it was minus 210 on the money line I played, and I laid four and a half. Four and a half minus 210. It's currently eight and a half minus 500 right now. I did not play the total. But they are, there have been quite a few points, like by international standards so far. All right, so we're talking uh XFL football right now with Ian Cameron. I am Gabriel Moransi. So uh Babano, you like the Seattle Sea Dragons tomorrow. I've already played the Sea Dragons. I knew the number was gonna move. I got in on them at minus one twenty-five on the money line um earlier in yep. the week. And here we are now up at the one sixty. It's three and a half right now. But if I'm you know, I'm gonna tell people if you're playing it's just played them on the money line. Yeah, you know, I told them to play on the money line earlier the week. It is well, I, bet the money line,
6: I didn't get the price you did. I got minus 135, so even I didn't get the price you did uh, on them. But uh, my, uh, minus 160. See, I'd still prefer the money line as well.
4: I literally would know,
6: Especially late in the game with these two-point, three-point conversion attempts you could get that could backdoor you. It's not a bad option. It's worth your while, maybe more in the XFL than the NFL, to pay the juice on the money line with a short favorite.
4: Yeah, yeah, you never know what the hell these coaches are going to do in this league with the two, the 1s, the 2s and the 3s, but I got the best numbers because I literally hit refresh like 25 million times in like 2 days. I was just waiting over and over and over. I was like cuz I know wow. I knew they were going to move, but the thing is the thing is I got one of them wrong like by half a point. I was like, "Yeah, yeah I'm going to get in on this yeah. now." And I put $1,000 on it and It actually moved and then it's crazy. I got really upset. I was like, I can't believe this I was like, I can't believe I bet a dime when I read the number wrong and then boom It took a day and a half and now it's like it it was it went the way I thought it would and it's going up uh, Right now what it was with Seattle and st. Louis. I bet over 36 and a half and the next day it was 36 and I was livid. I was like, I can't freaking believe this and um now it's popping up at 37 and a half at uh, most spots. FanDuel does have a 36 and a half, though. The money line is up to 165 uh in this game. All right, so Saturday's game, DC defenders at the Vegas Vipers. We have the exact same point spread, exact same money line, and exact same total right now. Three and a half and thirty-six and a half, minus one sixty-five and plus one forty. DC in Vegas. What's your pick, Babano?
6: Yeah, this one. This was probably this one could be your low-scoring game of the week. I mean, I don't like either offense. Luis Perez and Vegas did nothing in the second half. I mean, they had the first drive was really good, right down the field against Arlington, and after that, there wasn't a whole lot that they did great on offense. And their defense played really well. Let's not forget that Arlington's points were uh, the defense creating the points. It's not like uh, that offense moved up and down the field. So Vegas did have a pretty good defensive performance last week, even though they lost to Arlington and uh, DC looks like they're going to be a run heavy offense. They were moving at a slow pace. You know, their quarterback play was definitely spotty. Uh, It goes uh, without saying last week. So, you know, I think in this matchup, it's probably going to be a little bit lower scoring uh, in this one. We'll see how it goes. Uh, It'll be interesting to see, because as far as I saw from uh, D.C. last week, uh, Jordan Tamu, for a guy that's been in these spring leagues before, he didn't really play all that great. They put De'Eric King in there, and he was more of a running quarterback. I think they're still trying to figure out their identity on offense. You know the totals are obviously low, but if you're going to one game that I think will be defensive-minded, it could be this game. I'd lean to DC plus the points. I mean, these are two offenses. It would be revert if it was DC land points. I'd probably like Vegas, but you know I don't trust either offense. It's probably a close game, so I'd probably look at DC plus the points rather than Vegas as the favorite.
4: Ian Cameron throwing it down with us. I have an opposite opinion of this game. Um, but I'm asking you your picks, and so we want to give people uh, different varying degrees of opinion here. I will counter with Vegas' offense was actually not bad last week. I think the Arlington Renegade defense is that good. Like, those guys are like a menace to society. They were really, really, really collapsing the pocket. Luis, listen, Luis Perez got a little sloppy in the second half. You Listen, that's the whole thing with all these quarterbacks. There's a reason why they're in the XFL, right? They're going to turn the ball over, but... They're going to yeah, look Lewis good Perez. one quarter and bad the next. How many
6: times do we see that last weekend? One good series, one bad one. One good quarter, one bad one. One good drive, one bad drive. Saw it all weekend from the quarterbacks.
4: Yeah, but Luis Perez, 22 of 36, 249 yards, three touchdown passes. They were pretty efficient. Most of these teams, like I said earlier, the quality of play is pretty good because they've got like – They've got some quality players on, you know. So, look, they're the wide receivers on Las Vegas. Geronimo Allison, former Green Bay Packer. Martavis Bryant, former Pittsburgh Steeler. You've got guys on this team that can catch the ball. Jeff Baitit, uh Bidette had uh, 81 uh, yards last week. I think I like the over of this game. You, you are right bang on as far as um, I wouldn't lay three and a half. I already have Vegas on the money line. But you are bang on. I think D.C. do want to run the ball. But I still think they'll be able to score. Like, they scored 22 points against Seattle. And um, now you're going into Las Vegas here. And like I said, man, look, what was the score last week? It was 22-20, right? They actually scored 20 points on Arlington, which I think is not going to be easy to do. I think this game is going to get there. I personally think the next one, Babano, this next one is strange to me that the total is 38 and a half. When we know San Antonio's offense is bad. And Orlando might be bad on both sides of the ball, right? So this is the total that I think. And last week, I went three and one at the totals. So I'm proud of myself with that, that I had the three overs, and I got the one under. Like, I was like, the the St. Louis, San Antonio, that's the under. I said, that's the one that's just going to be like a slugfest. Barely stayed under, actually. But like you said, there was late points, so it kind of did. It wasn't under. But... Dude, San Antonio, bro, like Jack Cone's not very good. Their offense isn't very good. Their defense is good. And call me crazy, Babano, but I wouldn't lay three and a half with San Antonio on the road here. As long as they you know, they pull Paxton Lynch, Paxton Lynch blows. I think this game is an under, and I'm very tempted by taking the, the dog here with the Orlando Guardians.
6: Yeah, it's tough. They looked, gosh, Orlando looked like the worst team in this league by a landslide last week. In now Houston's really good, but yeah, I mean you Orlando. Can't, you can't have it and, both
4: ways. You can't have it both ways yeah. and say how amazing Houston is and then how bad Orlando is.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I think it was more Look, I think it was more bad Orlando because I'll tell you what, Paxton Lynch was dreadful. Quentin Dormady came in; he wasn't really all that much better. He had the one drive, but he all, he also threw an interception as well. Uh, they tried to throw deep, and the, the, the offensive. Why I like the over with Orlando and Houston last week is because the Orlando offensive coordinator Robert Ford kept saying we want to throw the ball deep eight times a game. They did do it a few times, but they were incomplete most of the time. I mean, they just couldn't connect on any of them. So they've got a, it's a work in progress with them on offense, and their deep. Fence got ripped apart. So I don't know if there's anything that's good right now about the Guardians. Whereas San Antonio should have put away St. Louis. I mean, they had St. Louis done in that game, and then St. Louis puts the drive together, put, gets it to one score. As we mentioned, they get the fourth and 15, they get the ball back, and they score again. San Antonio, actually, I thought they played okay. Jack Cohn, he's not great, but I thought he was all right. They, they ran the ball. They got Belage and Patrick. They're pretty good running backs, I think, on this San Antonio team. I think they're going to get the job done here. I just think Orlando's that bad. I don't mind laying a field goal on the road here with the uh, Brahmas. I think they'll get it done. Three and a half. Yeah, I got three. But, yeah, three and a half, I'd still take them. I think Orlando's that bad. They're going to have to prove it to me that they're better than last week because I think that was, that was horrific. And I'm going to need to see they're better than that, and I'm not so sure.
4: Being camera kicker with us. Um, all right, we'll see how it plays out. We should note, San Antonio did score 15 points last week. And they also were playing in front of 25,000 people and still managed to lose. So I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah, Orlando are very good, but Orlando played a really good Houston Roughneck team and got killed. Um, but, you know, San Antonio, like I said, for me, that's the low-scoring one. And now this last one, Sunday Night Football, 7 o'clock Eastern this week, not 8, this is Best the game, game of the, of the week.
6: week on paper, this one.
4: Yeah. yeah, this is the game of the week in the XFL, early game of the week. <laughs> um, Arlington and Houston, but they are the two favorites to win the championship uh, right now. Arlington were favorites coming into the year. Houston replaced them with their impressive performance. Should be noted, even though Houston did have PJ Walker last time around uh, in the XFL, that Houston were undefeated. So Houston were like 5-0 and oh when they shut it down last time. And now they, they they start again and they absolutely just rolled again. So Houston are on an XFL run right now. Arlington came in with all the hype. Arlington, you know, great coaching staff with Bob Stoops and you know, all these you know veteran coaches. The defense was really good. Drew Plitt was not. We'll get into this on the other side, and I don't know why Kyle Sloter's not playing. They better to make that change. Like, uh, We'll hit this on the other side. This is dot sports
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Now, Marge, I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million-dollar game? Who?
4: Who? Honey.
1: The X is for extreme. There is no
4: XFL this year. The league folded. What it? Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor. As always, Marge Simpson could not be more wrong. The XFL is back and not only is it back, but um, the numbers are in for week one and uh, they were very, very good. All right. Uh, XFL league and team social media channels gained 4.1 million uh, video views in 48 hours. They peaked out at um, 3.4 million viewers on for the Sunday game. Sunday afternoon, the 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 San Antonio, the San Antonio St. Louis game, which incidentally Babana was the worst game. <laughs> that was like the least entertaining game of them all, to be honest. Well, the Houston Roughneck game was kind of a route, but um, they, you know the ratings are pretty good actually. They basically got like they averaged one point three million, which normally these numbers dip as the season goes. There's always a curiosity Yet, I think it's a little bit different. The XFL, I think they did very well. I think they're, they're going to do well. It's a solid – they have a solid foundation with a rock now. But it should be noted, last week, guys, they went head-to-head with the NBA skills competition, the NBA – on Saturday night, the NBA all-star game, and the Daytona freaking 500. So, like, they, they went head-to-head with three major sporting events, and still – people still watch. They still had over 3 million people watching their football game on Sunday afternoon – very impressive, and uh, good start, good start, so um, Ian Cameron kicking with us, but you have elects, to factor in, uh, ESPN Plus
6: streams all the games that are on ESPN, so the ESPN Plus streams all the games that are on ESPN and ABC as well, so there could have been some streaming people, people watching streaming as well, so taking away from the, the television numbers a little bit
4: yeah, streaming numbers are, are counted differently than the, than the Nielsen TV ratings, but you are right, the yep. um, ESPN Plus numbers are not included in this. Right. But the yep. thing is, ESPN uh, is like it is subscribers. It's like you get it if you subscribe. Right. So it's not like that's why it's not rated in the same way. People are paying for it. But uh, no, they did well. They, they will do well. I think the USFL will do pretty well as well. There's enough players to go around, guys. That's the thing, Babana. Like when people are like, oh, I don't watch this. Oh, this guy sucks. He's not in the NFL or whatever. It's like, yeah, fine. Right, doesn't mean De'Aaron King because De'Aaron King's not in the NFL. Doesn't mean a guy should never have a right to play football again. It doesn't mean it's not entertaining to watch him run. See, I mean, Cody Lattimore's playing, Martavis Bryant's playing, Josh Gordon's playing. Right, like there's there's room for everybody. And then you figure, oh my God, how's the XFL? The the XFL and the USFL get both going to get players. Man, the USFL had a draft the other day. They got a good, bunch of decent players, and none of you saw the uh, Bethel Thompson left the Argonauts for the, uh, New Orleans breakers of the USFL.
6: Yeah. we will see him in two months when the USFL starts
4: in, uh, April. he'll be good. He'll be very good in the USFL. Um, I think though, I think the CFL he, will make him really good for that
6: because he got better in the CFL. He was terrible when he first joined the CFL, and he got better and better. And you know, obviously won a great cup last year. So I think he'll, he'll I think he will be, yeah, believe it or not, a bet on quarterback there.
4: Oh, he'll be. He might be the best quarterback in the league. To be honest, I'm dead serious. But we can cap USFL in the future. I'm dead serious. He will be very good in that league. It's a step down from the CFL, like a massive step down. Yeah. It's like it's a weird yeah. career move for him. I don't know what what the I don't know what I don't know what his motive is like. Be
6: closer to the family because he's from down south, is what I heard. That sort of seems seems to be what he was what he was referring to in his decision to leave no. the CFL, just to be closer
4: to home. Yeah, but Benno, he's not giving up six hundred thousand dollars a year for eighty four thousand dollars a year to be closer to home, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? USFL doesn't pay, man. Right? Like so that's why it's strange. You know what I mean? It's like. As I was gonna say, he was yep. he wasn't gonna be the starter. Well, but Ben, do you really think that anybody like like if you're you're a professional and you make six hundred thousand dollars a year and you're gonna like do the same job for eighty thousand? Unless like they That'd didn't offer you the six hundred
6: Yeah.
4: Yeah, unless they didn't offer you well, <laughs> no kidding. Unless they didn't offer you the six hundred thousand, <laughs> right? That's the whole thing. As I was gonna say, Kelly's gonna be the quarterback. Right? I mean Kelly was the one that um, won them the Great Cup and stuff. There was a big buzz. For the record, Japan's up fifty-two twenty-nine right now. Put it on the board. Good stuff. Okay, but battle. So, what's your pick for uh, Arlington and Houston?
6: You know, they always say in college football, the highest totals of the week are high for a reason, and more often than not, they go over this total is the highest total on the board this week in the XFL for good reason. And I think it's going to go over the total, uh, at at 40. Uh, I think this Houston offense looks legit. Silvers was excellent. Throwing the ball. Uh, the, the run game was terrific. He's got a bunch of big play weapons with Deontay Burnett was incredible in that game. He's got a couple others too, that were just phenomenal. Uh, in the passing game and this offensive coordinator that wade phillips has with this houston rough next team a.j smith he is dialing up end arounds and jet sweeps and throwing the ball deep and doing little screen pass, like totally keeping the defense off balance you talk about an offensive coordinator doing his job a.j smith did that last week for houston i thought the scheming and the play calling was exceptional and it kept orlando's defense off on their heels the entire game. So this is an offense that I think is good to put, chuck the ball around and put up points, even against Arlington's defense. And you did mention they were good last week against Vegas. They do have a good defense, but I think Houston's going to be a whole bit much bigger handful for Arlington's defense than Vegas was last week. But on the flip side, I think Arlington's offense, look, it underwhelmed last week. I was surprised drew Plitt was the quarterback, even though there were the rumblings that he outplayed Slaughter in camp. Uh, You you know, it stagnated. A lot of their points were created by the defense, but I've got to believe him getting a game under his belt and the offense, you know, long and Hayes, the offensive coordinators for Arlington, they've been around a long time. I, I, I expected more from them. They didn't exactly bring it. I think they will here because Orlando's offense to me, their offensive line got overwhelmed by Houston. That's not going to happen. I think against Arlington, Arlington's old line was supposed to be really good coming in. So I think it's going to be tougher for Houston's pass rush. And we know Phillips likes to rush the quarterback is going to be a lot tougher for them to get that pass rush here against Arlington than say it was last week against Orlando. So I think both offenses are going to have success and I play it over the total. I think from a side perspective, Marenzi, as much as I was impressed with Houston You're talking about plus four and a half with a team that everybody i talked to about the XFL before the season thought Arlington was the favorite coming into the season. And now here they are after one game getting plus four and a half points. So, and to me, this is one of those leagues where if you're going to lay more than a field goal with somebody, especially we're getting up to four and a half now, you better have a good reason to do so. And I don't know if Arlington did enough damage to their rep last week to say, Oh, they deserve to be plus four and a half here. So if I'm going to bet the side, I'm taking the points here with, uh, the Arlington re- uh, Renegades here.
4: Ian Cameron kicking it with us, AKA, uh Babano. All right, Babano, before we get you out of here, NHL hockey uh, it was a light night. It's been a kind of a quiet week this week in the National Hockey League, but it is uh, starting to pick up. And tomorrow night, we've got a bunch of games on the board. The Minnesota Wild and the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Los Angeles Kings and the New Jersey Devils. That's going to be a-, a fun hockey game. At the Prudential Center in Newark. The Devils, of course, got upset by the Canadians the other night. Minus 152 favorites over the Los Angeles Kings. The Oilers and the Penguins. Penguins minus 113. Oilers minus 106 on the road. Of course, um, we keep telling you guys on a nightly basis, every couple of nights, uh, one of the best bets. There's two best bets in the National Hockey League. The, The Winnipeg Jets to the under. And the Vancouver Canuck games going over uh, the number, and the Canucks are on uh, on the ice tomorrow night against the St. Louis Blues, and they finally put a seven up. Babano, you know, the six and a halfs are gone. The Vancouver Canucks are now thirty-four. And it only took two to months. The- yeah, it's, it's you know it's disappointing. <laughs> uh, they're thirty-four yeah. and sixteen to the over. The Vancouver Canucks, and I tell you what, the St. Louis Blues are actually right there at thirty-three and seventeen um, to the over, and they did post a seven for this hockey game. But uh, what do you what do you like in the NHL tomorrow?
6: So I'm tempted by Buffalo, believe it or not, because the one thing by both Buffalo in Tampa tomorrow night they they got them kind of embarrassed the way they started against Toronto. But the weird thing about the Sabres is when they've been a road underdog against a, a an above average hockey team, that's honestly when we've seen some of their best games this year. I mean, they've beaten their resume of wins on the road as underdogs this year is actually impressive. They've won at Vegas, they've won at Colorado, they've won at Boston, they've won at Washington. They've beaten a lot of really good teams on the road. It seems to get the best out of them. So I'm not saying for sure Tampa's going to lose because they've been good at home all year, but that game that game could be scarier for Tampa than you think. With Buffalo, especially them coming off a really subpar performance against the Leafs, and the team just collectively was not happy about it. So be careful there. I think the Sabers could be live in that game. Uh, L.A. New Jersey, I think L.A. coming off a disappointing loss. So was New Jersey against Montreal. So I think both teams bring it. But I think getting plus one thirty there with L.A. might be worth a look. I mean, they're still a really good team. Getting a nice price in that game. Rangers Detroit, Morancy. The Rangers are an over-team right now. I mean, their offense has really picked up since they got Tarasenko. They've trended over the total. Detroit's scoring goals right now. They just beat Washington in their last game, despite Dylan Larkin getting ejected for a game misconduct for a hit in the open ice on Oshie. Uh, Detroit's coming home off a long road trip. Um, so that's not a great spot for Detroit, but man, they're playing good hockey and I know it's definitely going to be an advantage for the Rangers catching a team off a road trip, but I don't know if I want to lay -160 against Detroit in that game with the way the R- wings are playing. So I'm just going to stick to the total there and look over with the Rangers. You mentioned Vancouver. I mean, I think if you're going to either play over 7 or what you do and Alex B Smith, my colleague on the Ice Guys is a big proponent of this. If you don't like betting an over 7, but you still like the game over don't bet it pregame wait five minutes wait seven minutes into the game you're going to get a six and a half you're going to get a better number if you can just get a scoreless start to the game for a few minutes you're going to get a better total in game so that's not a bad suggestion if you want to bet over in that game but certainly i'd still look over or pass Uh, I'd probably bet Vancouver, honestly, Marenzi as well. St. Louis is a dead nuts bet against team for me. Since they traded Tarasenko, since they traded O'Reilly, the writing's on the wall. They're blowing this team up. Even the veterans, it looks I don't want to say they've mentally checked out, but this has been a very lackluster effort. And when St. Louis falls behind in the game now, the last few that they've lost, there's no pushback. You don't see them have that big thrust to try to get back into the game. They know that this team's season's done. They're going to be selling off even more pieces, Barbashev among others, by next week. So I'm not laying a price. I know Vancouver's had a brutal season, but I'm not laying a price with St. Louis. I don't think it's the worst thing you can do to look at Vancouver there plus 105.
4: Yeah, these are teams kind of going in different directions, and that Vancouver has begun the the rebuild. And there's some enthusiasm in their locker room. And then, conversely, the St. Louis Blues have begun the de- deconstruction. Thing is, the expectations are a lot higher for the Blues, right, So than they are. St. So Louis the Blues, doesn't battle back.
6: Vancouver did against Nashville. Look at how Vancouver battled back against Nashville. They didn't quit in that game.
4: You can get six and a half over minus 160. Ian Cameron, A.K. Babano. Thanks for the time, Babano. Always good, Gabe. Talk to you later.
2: The late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it.
4: You say you will, but you won't. You you
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
4: The three minute warning, level two. This is Sport I am Renzi. Week two of the XFL. Thanks, Dean Cameron, for joining us and breaking it down. I got to tell you, a lot of people say, you know what? Oh, it's hard to bet on new leagues, and especially in week one. It's actually, I personally think it's going to get harder with each and every passing week. And it's the same thing, like in in the National Football League, actually. There's always going to be an overreaction after week one, right? Just because a team got blown out in week one doesn't mean they suck. And just because a team wins in week one doesn't mean that they're going to be great. And, you know, it seems like this, you know, everybody's sort of already made made the decision after week one. And it, it's difficult, right? It's like, all right, can they, you know, these teams are going to do it again. And my belief is, I kind of think, that um, And I've seen this before in these leagues. There's only going to be a couple of teams that are going to gonna win every week. So there's probably going to be a lot of the teams that won last week are going to lose this week, and the teams that lost last week are going to win this week. <laughs> and people are going to be like, oh, well, they lost last week, so they're gonna it means they're going to lose this week. And anybody that knows anything knows every week is different. Every matchup is different. Every game is different. The Sunday nighter is the, the the really intriguing one because the Houston Roughnecks are good, but so are the Arlington Renegades, and I think you know they're just you know the two best. I think they are the two best teams in the league as far as being just complete. And I'll tell you what: as good as Houston looked in Week One. I don't think they should be four-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. The Renegades were favored to win the championship before the season started, graded by the oddsmakers who watch these teams to grade these teams. To suddenly have them getting four-and-a-half points in Week 2 is somewhat uh, an overreaction.